Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. Thanks for joining me. Hey, this one is a little bit different. I had the pleasure of doing several interviews of IndyCar drivers for the Bob and Tom Show, where I work on a daily basis. That's my day job. And joining me was actor Drew Powell from Gotham, uh, soon to be Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's a great guy, lots of fun. And we talked to the first position, the last position, and everybody in between here. So I hope you enjoy it, and thanks for listening. And if you're not an IndyCar fan, sorry about this podcast, but you should be, because it's an incredibly exciting and a ton of fun to watch. And if you want to get into it, check out CW's Road, uh, I think it's called 100 Days to Indy. It's a really good documentary style. Uh, it's produced by Vice. So those of you who listen to me probably love the Vice Embedded Journalism as I do, and they did it for IndyCar, and it's tons of fun. All right, so I hope you enjoy the interviews. Hope you enjoy the Indy 500. Make sure you check out the Boss Hog of Liberty here on the network. They're big race fans, too. If you enjoy this sort of thing, then you'll enjoy their show. So thanks so much, and we'll see you again soon here on The Chris Spangle Show. Chris Spangle here with Drew Powell for The Bob and Tom Show, and we are talking to the pole sitter, Alex Pillow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You've had a monster month. You won the Grand Prix. You won the pole. You have to feel confident about your chances on race day. Yeah, sure. Um, it's been a great start of the month of May, obviously. It's been a great warm-up with a win at the GMR. Um, and obviously the pole that uh, obviously didn't really expect. Uh, we knew that we had a really fast car, but um, we felt like we were not the fastest cars until yeah. uh, the fast six. So super yeah. happy to be here. Yeah. Were you? Was it? Was this year different than years past for you? Did you? Feel, did it feel different? Yeah. I mean, last year I finished second on the qualifying. Yeah. But I didn't really feel that I left everything. Um, on track, I thought after qualifying that I had more, and I was like, "Man, why? Like, yeah, right, like you right. didn't go like yeah. um, because you never know if maybe next year our car is not fast enough, and then we are not fighting for pole anymore." So yeah. this year I was like, "Man, this is not happening again. I'm gonna go for it if I can, and we'll go aggressive." And glad everything worked out. Heck yeah! Now Scott Dixon is a veteran. He's won the race. He's won record number of races almost. When you came to the series, you were fairly new to it. How helpful has Scott Dixon been to you in your development as a Danny car driver? Oh, huge. I mean, uh, it's it's an honor to be uh, able to share notes uh, and comments about the race car uh, with him. I used to look up to him when, when I was looking at the IndyCar races. He was already... Leading. He was, must have been like what forty when you were born. I mean, I I'm thinking <laughs> no, but uh, he was he was already winning when I started yeah. uh, watching IndyCar. So um, for me, it's it's just a privilege to to be able to share everything with him, and and obviously I learned a ton uh, with him, with Taku, with Marcus, and last year with G, uh, Jimmy Johnson. So yeah, is. Go ahead. Oh, no, I just wondered if you could understand him with that Kiwi accent. It's very... It's tough. You know, yeah. It's yeah. tough. <laughs> that's an interesting... You know, you're all talking English, but in different accents. Yeah, there, yeah, that's right. Everybody's with yeah. different accents, and TK last year as well. <laughs> yeah. If you put that on top of, of us, it's, uh, it gets worse. So, yeah. Did you grow up speaking English? Did you know that as a secondary language? Well, I used to... They, they used to teach us in, in school, but honestly... Yeah. Well, it's like no when we learn Spanish. Probably very similar to my Spanish. Hello, Mariana. ¿Qué te planes te tienes en el este fin de semana? Oh, that's pretty good. Thank you. Mis zapatos son muy queso. 
<laughs> May almost crystal ball. That's all I got. Uh, Alex Pillow is from Spain. You have or had a coffee shop? I was listening to a podcast called Dinner with Racers. Oh, I used to own a coffee shop together with my wife. Yeah. You started it as a back, backup plan, but you sold it. Now you're here full time. Do you yeah. live here in, in yeah, Austin in or Indy? In okay. Indy. In yeah, I used Get to live in Austin, but uh, um, only for the first year and then yeah. I moved here. Oh, yeah. That's great. So you sold the coffee shop. Yeah. Is it is it just simply because the logistics didn't work out yeah, well? Yeah, I mean, he's we too did busy it. winning. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he ain't got no time to sling coffee. Yeah, I mean, we it, it was really busy, man. It it was you had to put so much effort, and we really loved having everything perfect. Like, yeah. as we have the mindset, as I have the mindset for the motorsport, we wanted to have yeah. the same for the coffee. It's sure. like, yeah. Oh, we need to put the coffee like that, the toast yeah. like that, not too much <laughs> avocado, but not. Oh, too little, not, you know. I'm sorry, I missed this. Where was it? In uh, near Barcelona, like 30 minutes from Barcelona. Oh my gosh, amazing! So it was an amazing thing that we started together from scratch, um, and we had it for three years. But we had to solve it yeah. because otherwise, my wife had to fly in and out too much, and no. uh, it was a lot of work. But it was fun. Well, let me ask you this: as an actor, you know, I, I'm amazed at how often acting and sports. My friends that are in professional sports are there's so many similarities, and one of them is you're doing a job that everybody wants to do, but not many people get to do it. And also you're doing a job that is like, you know, it sounds like if it was a backup plan, like we're always thinking like having a backup plan, like is it, how's this, how long is this racing thing going to work? How long is this acting thing going to work? You never know. Did you have the, I mean, it's also a roller coaster, right? Yeah. Certainly for me, you're working all the time, then you're not working for a while. Yeah. How did you cope with all that? And, to, to, and now on top of the mountain? Um, yeah, I, I would say when I started racing, I don't come from a really wealthy family or a family that was in motorsport before. So um, I always knew that that race could be my last race. Right. Not even that year. It could be that Literally race. that race. Yeah. yeah. Holy So smokes. it's always been like that. It was tough as a kid to know that, hey, Alex, you only have this race. And if we don't That's really pressure. get a sponsor for the for next race, we, we're not going to be able. So... Uh, it was tough as a kid, but then uh, nowadays it's easy for me to think that I have a full year to yeah. uh, to to go for it. Um, and now, obviously, I don't have to worry about it. So <laughs> it's uh, it's tough, but yeah. I mean, you get used to. I think it makes you work harder each day to yeah. try and secure the job and do the best you can. And does it make it feel sweeter now that you're like? Do you appreciate it? Do you think more? Yeah, but I don't really think about it too yeah. often. Yeah, I still sure. have the same mentality of yeah. like. Man, it might be my only my last Indy 500 with a winning car, whatever. Like yeah. I need to yeah. uh, get the most of it each day and uh, and try and win. That's smart. Yeah, especially at Ganassi, where everything is in its place, perfect. Does that does that mentality of this could be my last race? Is that why you're one of the reasons you're so successful at Ganassi? Is that you're always prepared, you're always appreciative of where you're at. And you're just in equipment that has kind of the same mentality. The team has that same mentality. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the team is outstanding. Like, uh, we've been on pole here for the last three years. Yeah. Amazing. That shows. And Marcus Erickson won last and year. La- Marcus yeah. won last year. So that shows the effort that this group puts in this place and, and the series uh, in general. So that helps me look yep. better. Um, yeah. <laughs> But honestly, yeah, I, I try and take that mentality. I think that helps. Um, I try and work uh, yeah. every day as much as I can on 
on myself uh, physically, mentally, and, and especially preparing myself. But uh, yeah. Um, shows. So this is the Bob and Tom show, so we can't ask you all serious race questions. We've okay. got to ask you some silly, stupid questions. Let's go. I'm what, ready. What is the last thing you Googled? It was so actually we're, lo- we're launching my shop. Uh, now, so it was my shop that I was googling like to see if everything. Ra- race was. gear, what kind yeah, of shop? Yeah, some race gear and coffee. Uh, actually okay, launching. you got yeah, coffee. Yeah, yeah. All right, now yeah. we're talking. So it's bringing uh, the coffee and greens idea to Indianapolis or where? Oh, it's just coffee beans. So okay. uh, yeah, we did a special edition for the Indy 500. So um, do you have some in your bus right now? Like, I do. do yeah, yeah. Okay, I do. I'm coming Are over there. I'm coming over coffee? after the race. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Are you kidding? <laughs> I got one. Being the actor. Okay, if if you could choose an actor. I'll take myself out of the running, although we do look a lot alike. Um, an actor to play you in the movie about your life and when you won the Indy 500 in 2023, who would you choose? Dwayne Johnson. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think that would be really accurate on like terms of physically and all that Good stuff. Good choice. So, yeah. Good choice. I think he's up for that. Yeah. yeah. I think that Talk would look Talk about good. Fast and Furious. Let's go. <laughs> Is there a little quirk that you have that drives your team crazy? A little quirk? What yeah, does he mean? Some, uh, like a... Funny okay, we, thing or a thing that you do that they're always like on you, stop doing this. I don't think I do. Um, no, I don't think I do. He's perfect. Yeah, I'm, He's I'm very perfect, easy going. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think I do. Yeah. That's great. Alex Pelot, number 10, American Legion Car. We'll see you tomorrow for Carb Day. Thanks so much for talking to us. Yeah, thank you so much, good, guys. Good, good, good luck. Go thank get him. Which is your favorite fast food restaurant? Oh man, we just did a whole soup in the belly. Yeah. Chick-fil-A, probably. Whoa, I Chick-fil-A for dinner, I think, two nights ago. Yeah, yeah. Chick-fil-A is it's solid. You too. But he never had Wendy's. Yeah, he never from Columbus, Ohio. So I've definitely had Wendy's. Yeah. <laughs> Wendy's he's great, great, this guy. Yeah, I'll take, you to, I'll take you to Wendy's. You want to yeah. Frosty? Strew I'll make it. How do you doing? That's how I make it up to you. I'll buy you a Frosty. Huh? That's how I make it. For kicking me out of the field, that's not a very good trade. <laughs> oh, I love it. Just needed you to sneeze or something. <laughs> <laughs> I love you must it. have had McDonald's the night before. That was it. Oh, it was it was uh, it was White Castle. He got the Crave case from White Castle. That stuff will make you go. America runs on uh, White Castle. It's not Duncan. <laughs> Man, oh man, that's right, Ohio boy though. Saying so White Castle is Ohio too. Yeah, we had the. I live. I'm from Lebanon originally, from Lebanon, Indiana. We had a meat processing plant for White Castle, which always made me very curious what actually was in that. I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> it was definitely a question. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All right, we got uh, our first full race suit here. I know today. it's. Yeah, today. I was. I was working. I, I got 15 minutes of work. Let's in today. go. Let's go. <laughs> this is Chris Spangle here for the Bob and Tom Show. Here with actor Drew Powell, and Howdy. we are joined by Graham Ray Hall. Graham, f- first race suit today. You're yeah. fresh out of the car. You had a golf tournament, and then you had uh, 15 minutes in the car to I, to loosen up. I did. Minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It was quick. Uh, didn't get through the golf tournament either. Ran out of time. Oh, really? <laughs> the, play, the play was too slow. Christian uh, Lundgaard was here, and, and he had a good time. And it's my golf tournament, so it's my fault, <laughs> I guess, that we weren't quick enough. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind. Yeah. A few days for me. Um, but we're here, and uh, it was good to get out there, you know, even for 15 minutes, just to see how different things are, because clearly, car to car, it's... It's different. How big, is the, how big is the jump from your Ray Hall car to the Cusick car? Well, it's more just like the 
you know, the steering wheel's clearly a lot different. Um, to get used to it, where the buttons are, the way the buttons feel. You know, in gloves, it's even just the feel of things is so critical. Yeah. Uh, the the RLL car, the buttons are kind of they protrude out a long way. The 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 dry Reinbold QC Motorsports car, they're they're kind of flat with the wheel, so you've got to actually like push in. So it feels quite different. But look, those are all things we'll adjust to. We got a couple hours tomorrow to figure it out and uh, and go from there. It definitely is a blur to <laughs> yeah, jump not, in and just go. We're not going to rehash what every single other person in the media day has asked you, but I do want to ask about uh, the the difference maybe between 20 years ago versus now. You're a Honda driver driving for a Chevy car. They allowed you to do that. The teams work together. Has the yeah. sport become a lot more collegial and a, a lot? Well, maybe it's competitive, but not as intense. No, I think it still is. It's, I think in I was very surprised to be here. Um, hmm. In many ways, uh, particularly, you know, I don't. I mean, I think that that people have I've seen this. I feel that you know the, the the Chevy motor has been very very strong, right? And if you look at the cars that are up front. You know, aside from the Ganassi team, that most have been uh, the Chevy, and so for them to allow me to drive that, I think is a little surprising. I think for Honda, there was uh, a big surprise that they allowed me just simply because I've spent my whole career there. Um, you know, but for for the Chevy side, I mean, certainly they've got information that they probably don't want me to know anything about. <laughs> so that's been a surprise. Did you have that, to sign an NDA? Or? <laughs> you know, I, somebody said that to me. Yeah. Somebody was like, you, you must have signed an NDA. I said, I, I got to sign an NDA to audition for a Marvel movie. I, I mean, you would have signed. I would sign anything. <laughs> Nothing at all. Here we go. So, uh, they trust but, you. You're a trustworthy but, guy. But they also don't tell me anything. Yeah, so yeah, you don't right. need to sign an NDA if you don't get told that's a single right. thing. That's yeah. right, so, uh, But it's been... Uh, it's been a whirlwind, man. The last few days, holy smokes, it's hard to process yeah. what all has, has actually taken shape. Did you go home? No. No? Uh, say, just been living in the motorhome, man. Yeah. Living in the motorhome. See home. what happens. Got two two little girls in there, two uh, dogs, and my, my wife, Courtney, is somehow keeping it all together. I'm not awesome, really dude. sure how. Awesome. So, <laughs> I loved it. I've, but, yeah. I, I've got a four-and-a-half-year-old. I've got a baby due next month. Things for me have changed radically since having kids. How has having children, young kids, watching your daughter walk up and hug you on the race car, I might tear up yeah, thinking about it now. I mean, how has that changed that was, things uh, for you? That's when it got hard for me. You know, I was kind of feeling okay. Not okay, but I mean, you know, keeping it I was keeping it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I looked over and I saw, you know, my wife with the two girls and I was like, like uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's one, yeah. you know, you feel Kryptonite. so much. Kryptonite. Yeah, it's just so hard. Yeah. Um, but... But here we are. We're back in it. Uh, yes, sir. We just needed a chance. <laughs> we got a chance now. So uh, let's see what happens. How did the car feel today? Hard to tell. Yeah. You know, but I, uh, well, and it's windy. I mean, super windy today. Uh, I hope it really it's not is. like this on race day, just more out of principle. This is <laughs> yeah. a tough, not, no fun being out there like this. But, <clears throat> you know, it, it, well, it, it's different. I mean, it's going to be different. Uh, it's going to feel handle different. It's going to feel different tomorrow. Uh, but I'm excited to get out there and, and get a sense of it. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so we've been asking everybody all, all day long. Uh, I'm from the Hollywood world. So they make a movie, and this sounds like they might be making a movie about this. There's been a <laughs> lot of great drama. Who plays you in the movie? Oh, man. You tell me. 
Well, I'm available, and I think we're the same height. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to hit the gym for <laughs> yeah. like the next three years, yeah. and then we'll be fine. No, okay. Let's think about this. Because I don't know. who. What, do people say you look like an actor? They no, ever... no. Only, only person I'm ever told that I look like is Luke Bryan. I told, yeah, I, see, I that. see that. You know who just hit yeah. me from last year, actually? And we met last year for the first time here is Miles Teller. I could see some Miles you Teller think action. So? Yeah. I'm not saying you guys look exactly alike, but I think he could do oh, man, a good that, job. Man, that with movie you. was sweet. Oh, man. Top Gun. Wasn't it? It was awesome. It brought people back to the theater. Like, I was so thankful for that movie. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I could see that. And, man, what a story. This is what number for you? 500? 16. 16. 16. Oh, yeah. Christmas. Yeah, a lot. The, the person that was <laughs> this born been the, the year toughest, of, your, of the <laughs> first is 16 years old right now, yeah. learning to drive. I know. And, uh, it, uh, well, I feel like most of the drivers I compete against weren't born on my first one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My first, <laughs> yeah, the, first race. Especially these days. It's kind of it's strange. A lot of youth in the sport right now. A yeah. lot. Our, RC so. Emerson was like, yeah, my first, I, I brought, came to my first one when, you know, Tony Kanaan started. It's like, ah. I was a senior in high school. You were about the same age. Are you getting to a point in your career where you talk to some of these younger guys and you're like, Oh, dude, they're so out of touch. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of these young kids, I'm like, I was laughing today. I'm not going to name names. But like one of the drivers in his contract got something for free in exchange for money. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, he had to be like twenty years old because yes. I was, you know, money is gold, right? Yeah, you yes. need to get, you need to make a living. Yeah. Uh, but as a kid, who cared? You know, right? Hey, I got a new toy. It's yeah. like, no, not <laughs> anymore. <laughs> not for, anymore. Exchange for money. That's but uh, yeah, you, yeah, you've. Uh, I listened to a podcast today called Dinner with the Racers with uh, your dad, yeah. Bob or Bobby. He said you call him Bob. I call it, him Bob. Why do you call your dad Bob and not? Don't know. You call him dad in I some think of the Bobby interviews. Sounds but... sounds weird. Yeah, you know maybe that's like. A, but what about maybe dad? it was cool forty years ago? But I think Bob is 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 better suited nowadays. Yeah, uh, I get that. I, I call him dad all the time, but I think like if I, if we're around. Well, I guess sometimes when he uh, when he calls me, I say Bob. I guess now that I think about it. Yeah. I, uh, but. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've always we've always called him that. You know, my little sister calls him Bob, and everybody calls him Bob. He so. said he thought it was a little bit to tweak him. Is there a little bit of that? Probably a little. <laughs> Sometimes, um, but at least we don't call him Robert. Yeah, or yeah something. Yeah. You know, we're really upset if that's what we call Robert. Him. But uh, well, the one thing I got to say is I've always admired your your first of all your ability to. I mean, you got a, definitely a future in the booth after you can really explain this very well Thank to you. lay lay folk uh, like myself. Um, but also, you know, just like the class act, like you know, it, you've had it. You, 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 it's hard in this business, I think, when they stick a microphone. In your oh face man! After you've been doing what you've been doing. To not, you know, to not just go crazy. Dude, that was the hardest part of Sunday, you know. It, you're you're down, you're out. You've just been kicked in every area you can imagine. <laughs> and yeah. you just don't have time. Like, no. And I knew it. Like, I, you know, it hadn't even ended, and I could see the crowd swarming <laughs> my car. Oh, I hadn't even man. gotten out yet. Jeez. You know, and to, um, you know, to get out and try to keep yourself composed – for like 10 minutes yep. is not easy. But I do think that that's something that's super unique about our sport. Yes. You know, even like even in football, right? Like if, yep. if a player, you know, if, if Tom Brady goes out and throws five interceptions and wants to walk off the field and not do an interview, he can do that. But yep. in our world, you can't. You know, you're there on you. The mic is in your face. You know, you can't. You're not going to get out of there. And so 
that that access is is a great thing, but yep. it's also tough. It is. Yeah, it makes for it. great TV too, man. That hundred days to Indy is freaking fascinating oh, you, to watch. The story, the story that they're going to get now. Is oh man, you turned into more. the you turned into the A storyline. I'll probably tell you that. Probably more of a story. <laughs> yeah, than they, than they you hear it. that, boys? Yeah, they, they're, <laughs> they're listening. <laughs> There's always been a little bit. I don't know if polarizing is the right word, but I I just feel like the the shift in IndyCar fans. In your favor, have you noticed anything like cruising social media? Not that- really. You know, I, I don't really look at it very much because here's the reality for me. Like, people just love to hate me, and I'm okay with that. You know, being my last name, I, I know that. You know, I've lived that for 20 years. You know, people, you know, yes, you have those that are genuine fans and care, but people say the dumbest stuff, and they don't oh have gosh. a clue who I am as a person. <laughs> oh They've never met me, to my, and they would never say it to my face. Never. I can guarantee you that. Never. But they just love to hate. You know, that's the world, unfortunately, I feel like that we live in today. Right. It's just, you know, you, you, you just everything needs to be controversial. I just don't get why. Yep. But, uh, Preach, but that's bro. the reality. And so for me, you know, I don't really look at it, you know, that much. It, it's... It's it's tough because unfortunately there are a lot of people who get affected by that stuff. Um, look, I tried to handle it as best I could. I tried to handle it like a pro, a guy who's been in the sport for a hell of a long time. Yep. And that's all I can do. I try to make my family proud, make our sponsors proud, and that's that's the extent of what I can control. If a fan wants to like it or love it, then great. If they want to hate me, then you know. Then they say, I, I would just say, if they want to, then they actually don't know me as yeah, a person. True. But that's their Absolutely. that's yeah. their choice. Well, I will say, I was standing kind of si- next to the gaggle as you got out of the car right there at yeah. the end of Gasoline Alley. You go through, you do all the interviews, you don't refuse any interviews, you get in your golf cart with your wife to head back to the garage after one of the worst moments in your career. You see a dad holding a little boy, who, yeah. and they're both wearing he your had jersey. A shirt on, and yeah. you you stop and sign autographs for him. I thought that was Classic, amazing. Because you know the thing is, like I was I was there once, and I know that people think, oh yeah, you're Bobby's son, so you were there in a different. Group. No, I literally all the time I would stand by the, the the you know by the fence and 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 you know I remember being here as a little little kid, and I was so excited to get Stefan Johansson's autograph. Like, I remember <laughs> like it was yesterday, That's and that great. that affects you. You know, I don't yeah. care who you are. But it also affects you if you don't do it. You know, if you don't sign that autograph, you know, the great Robin Yount, who happens to be a very close friend, family friend of ours. Classic. But if you're a baseball fan, like, oh, you know, yeah. he there was this, he did this thing, and it went, it's gone viral a couple of times. But where he talked about the reason in his era that you played baseball and you played every single night and you gave it everything that you had was because there are. How many people in the stands every night that that's their one game a year they've saved up to go and watch you? Yes. Yeah. And and I've seen it, not to talk bad about something, but I've seen it here. I came here once when LeBron was with the Miami Heat and they were playing and he had a rest night. Yeah. And you know how many load management. You know how many <laughs> LeBron jerseys were in the stands? Yeah. And you know, there he is in a you know, in a in a sport coat sipping a Pepsi on the sideline. Yeah. That's hard for people to accept. Yeah. And you certainly, you know, for me, I want to be the guy that when you when you get out of the car, whether it's good or bad, you gotta carry yourself with class. You've yes, gotta sir. you've gotta be good to these kids because they will remember. My 100%. one of my Absolutely. most prized possessions to this day is a ticket that your dad signed for me. I was the biggest Bobby Ray Hall fan as a kid. Yeah. And he brought it home to me, and I still have it. Uh, you know, yeah. it meant, meant the world to me as a six-year-old. That's yeah, awesome. that's yeah. the thing. You don't forget. Yeah. Never. You know, Absolutely particularly never. the bad experiences. <laughs> yeah. <you> don't forget. <laughs> well, I can tell you, I'm the newest member of the uh, of 
the Ray Hall fan club. So if any of these fans have trouble, send them to Solomon. And Drew's we'll take huge. Care of them. Yeah. We'll take care of them. Yeah. 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 All right, Graham Ray Hall, thanks so much for joining yeah, us. And best of luck Sunday. Thank you. Go get them. Already, yeah, nice, nice, and then uh, then Edinburgh, and then back down to Braintree, and then uh, oh, she's covered, she's covered like the whole year. I know, and then as as a after sixth form, she went up to 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 school in York. York's beautiful. It is. It's a York's beautiful. I gotta say, like Lincoln's Lincoln's fun for sure. Yeah, York's one of them towns where that's pretty sweet. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. So whenever we're watching, I'm buddies with Simon and Connor, some of these cats. Whenever we're watching, though, like you know. She's definitely holding out the uh, the English uh, flag for you. Oh, yes, thank yeah. you. Big, big yeah, time. That's cool. Big thank time. you. Yeah. And that is Drew Powell. I am Chris Bengel here with the Bob and Tom Show, and we are talking to Jack Harvey, who drives the number 30 for Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, first off, you have to be excited for Graham Ray Hall to be back in the race at this point. Well, yeah, totally. Um, you know, obviously, this has come come up a lot today in the last <laughs> few days, but I think from the start of Fast Friday, which is when we, I think we all realized that we were kind of in the wrong part of where we want to be. Right, right. To Tuesday at 10 a.m. when we saw that he was going to be Stefan's replacement, which first thing I will add, I hated what happened for Steph. Yeah. He's a fantastic guy. Uh, wish him the speediest of recoveries sure. because... He and his team showed that they deserved and earned their place in the 107th run in the Indy 500. I wish him a speedy recovery, yeah. and I hope that he gets in uh, next year for the 108th. He deserves it. Yeah, sure. I was relieved in a lot of ways <laughs> to see Graham get the call, and I, I do want to say thanks to, you know, always to Honda because they've I've only ever driven a Honda, but also in this moment to Chevy. Yeah. Uh, you know, the race fan in me loves that they were able to overcome whatever the hurdles are. I have no idea, but I'm sure. grateful they were able to overcome it. Uh, you know, and I want to say thanks to everyone on the 24 for embracing yeah. Graham the way they have because from the Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan side, uh, it has been it's been peak stress. You I'll know, bet. and people think, oh, you know, it's just qualifying day, but really it's not. It's from Fast Friday, yeah, uh, and then to bump out a teammate is awful people don't realize graham's actually a very good friend of mine sure you know so that added another layer of it so i know what it means for him you know i know bobby's about had every emotion at this place from winning it to being bumped himself (laughs) yeah Yeah. Uh, you know so i know what the indianapolis motor speedway means to the ray hall family yep i know what it means to this team i know the difficult questions that then get asked when one of our cars whoever it is doesn't make it um so you're balancing these very heavy negative feelings on one shoulder yep the other shoulder i felt so grateful of course to be in the race and you know i felt grateful for myself yeah uh you know for all the sponsors on the 30 car yeah you know for people ready for custom entertainment for all my mechanics you know for the engineers for everybody in marketing and you know i think other people as well should just give them a thought throughout all this trying to balance some of these positive negative in equal yeah. doses i i will say though everything that's happened i'm proud of the people of rll we clearly haven't had the performance but in terms of just how they are as people i thought they we all handled bump day with a huge amount of class Absolutely. i think you know, that no universally i mean graham has i think in the indycar fandom online sometimes been unfairly criticized but i've seen that completely switch since qualifying Without i think doubt. 
for you two. I think the way that the team handled it, and also, I mean, Honda and Chevy. I don't think anybody really thought that that would be possible to see Honda a, a Honda driver go to a Chevy car. It does make a big difference in the race. For those of you who don't know. But it really, I think, speaks to where IndyCar is at right now, where it seems like a big club where everybody's rooting for each other, sure. yeah. as opposed to maybe 30 years ago, where it's don't tell anybody anything or I'll knife you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and not for nothing, your your qualifying was the equivalent of a freaking game winning shot in basketball. You know, like yeah, that, that's worth celebrating. The like, car was it, hot, and you weren't supposed. To, did you? Were you on the fourth lap going? No effing way. I saw the third lap, and I was just like. A bit like everyone else, like, there's a chance. (laughs) So you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. And I think I've watched the broadcast back, and I think we were pretty much getting written off, and probably rightly so, until that third lap. Yeah. Hang on a second. I still can't quite understand everything that happened there. Um, Did you make any change of the car? I mean, we we did in pit lane. You know, maybe I was a bit more Johnny on the spot with the tools that we have uh, inside the car. Yeah. Oh, it's just it's a wild That's day wild, man. man you know it's oh, so wild gosh. and you know i love i love sports i yep. love this place and it was it felt like one of them moments whether it's basketball and you've yep. you've thrown and the buzz is gone or yep. you know you're throwing a hail mary to win a football yep. game or something yep. like that was the that was the, the equivalent. penalty goal in uh, in football you know like that was, that, that was that was our final effort yeah. Yeah. that was all we had left yep. There was nothing else to give. I truthfully didn't even know how much time was left. That's how like just <laughs> present I was. <laughs> Which is yeah. why I asked on the way in, like, how much time is there left? Right. And they're like, zero, zero. you're in. And, <laughs> and honestly, like, I cried like a little girl yeah. for pretty much the, the middle of like, the back straight to like, coming in and composing myself again. Yeah, that and, is great. And again, I love but, that. But you're wrestling with it because I knew that it would have been Graham. And then it is a weird... That's a weird moment. spot. It's a, it is a weird spot. And then you throw in the other dynamic of it where, you know, obviously Bobby's my my team boss. That's sure. how I see him. Sure. That's how Graham sees him, but then that's also his dad. Yeah. yeah. Right? So yeah. they have another layer Absolutely. to that relationship that's way deeper than anything that we do at the racetrack. Yeah, that's a good point. But I do think that we all handled it with... You did. A nice amount of class. And I really was proud to be a part of that organization on that day for the people that they yeah. are. And now... We're in the 107th Let's run go. in, and we have a year to try and figure out what the heck went wrong yeah, yeah, yeah. last weekend. But uh, And which number is this for you? How many 500s? Seven. Seven. Wow. Yeah, right. Lucky I know. number yeah. seven. Yeah. Well, yeah. I Let's mean, make it happen. Number, it's gonna be, it'll make a great movie. I mean, Jack. honestly, someone, if someone from our team wins. I'll forget it. <laughs> like, forget it. I don't even know yeah. what I do. Honestly, it, I hope it's me. Yeah. If it's one of the others, I'll I'll celebrate with them. Yeah. You know, maybe we maybe we don't go to Detroit. Who knows? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah like, still celebrating. Yeah, we still be celebrating. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, you guys over here going like, no, no, yeah. no, no. Jacob's no. like, and, uh, uh, in all fairness, Jacob's like, I'm down for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, well, no, it's, it's fun, always mate. the PR people. You exactly. got to watch out. So you know, that's we've been asking all 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 the drivers. You know, my 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 day job is I'm an actor, so. In that movie, when you win, and uh, we cast the movie, who plays Jack Harvey? Only because I get this a lot. I know who you're going to say. Zac Efron. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, but I here's see. the thing. A lot of people say Oh, my it. gosh. Forget it. 
I mean, you guys could be brothers. But yeah. I also get, I'm getting serious Danny Radcliffe vibes, man. And, you know, I, I could see. That went from feeling like an ultra positive <laughs> to kind of a negative. Come on, he's Harry I'm Potter. He's like, Harry Potter. I'm living this Jekyll and Hyde all the time. I no, I wouldn't say that yet. He is Zach Efron I, and Danny I Radcliffe. I do see that. <laughs> Somebody make that. Somebody Someone. give me some art of that on, on Jack's shoulder. He does kind of have like the Harry Potter was a nerd in middle no, school. No, now look yeah, how hot he is. When Harry five, Potter yeah. got hot. There yeah. you go. I still am a nerd, in all fairness. I'm a huge <laughs> Harry Potter fan. Nice. One time when I got drunk, I did permanent marker the <laughs> on my forehead. Get me some little specs. On. I'll be Harry. Hey, if yep. that's what if we win the race, yep. I will dress up like Harry Potter sometime on Monday. That's great. <laughs> I, I, listen, you heard it here first. Now, I are love you it. are you a traveler? Uh, well, I mean, inherently yes, because obviously I'm from the UK and I'm living right. in America. Um, I'm actually a homebody. Okay. Like I actually, I don't love traveling, which is hilarious for how many race weekends <laughs> yeah, right. I travel to. You spend a lot of time like away. But like my my apartment is my little sanctuary. Yeah, and I just love it. That's what do you, what do you do? Where do you live at, by the way? Uh, north side of Indy. Okay, so nice. what have you done to the apartment that makes it feel like a sanctuary? It's really more about the feeling that i get every time i come home it's it's peaceful it's been you know decorated albeit mostly not by me <laughs> you know it's in a it's a calm Same. place to be it is right. you know and i get there and i just find it easy to leave my um stress negativity yeah. at the door yeah. you know and i That's walk great. in and i'm just like okay i'm home I, and it's almost like i'm safe again and yeah, you, you, everyone great. has them you know Home comforts, creature comforts, like obviously being from the UK, the yep. bits that I miss about it, you know, yeah. some food. So I make sure that I always have yep. something. You got baked in. beans, you got yeah. uh, curly whirlies, you got, uh, uh, do you have, I mean, You're I'm blowing big, my mind. Right? Yeah, right. Hey, man, I told <laughs> you, you, my wife this. is English. Absolutely. Let's get a crunchy in get, there. Absolutely. Let's, Let's go. Come yes. on. You, are you a Marmite guy? No. No, me neither. Come on. No, come I on. Can't Nobody get wants on board that. With that. I liked, what's the ones, the rings, when you put them on your finger? Harry no, the, the, oh, the party like the rings, chips, the chips, like uh, oh. hula hoops. Oh, hula! Yeah, Give me hula hoops all day. Yeah, monster munch. You ever Come had on, them? heck yeah! Let's <laughs> yeah. go. We haven't yes, even got to the. Yes. We haven't even got to the lager yet. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you keep stocked in the cabinet? From do you like have it shipped over? Or is there a store here that you can get it? Um, yes, a little bit. Yes to both. Uh, I will say, my mum is as much of a mummy as you could ever okay. love it, love it. Uh, and she keeps me very well stocked oh, uh, my dad travels to a lot of the races too so he's always bringing uh, my favourite biscuits chocolate digestive uh, hobnob no. oh Arnott's Australia the first hobnob oh hobnob. my god yeah, I know. Hobnob. yeah that's the way let's you go know. when I heard chocolate digestive the first time I was like there's no way that's a candy that's the worst <laughs> no it's wow. not it's a cookie it's, it's, like, a, it's cookie. like a graham cracker yeah. kind of so it's, but better it, this is where there's an immediate language barrier. Okay. Yes. okay. Right. Because a cookie here, if I think about a cookie, I think pretty much exclusively chocolate chip. Right. Yes. Right. That's like, it's a chocolate chip cookie, period. Everything else has its own like subcategory. Yeah. And in the UK, that's called a biscuit. Yes. Right. Where in America, a biscuit is like a weird cross between like a scone and a bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know? And right. I'm like, well, am I putting jam and yeah. clotted cream on that? Or yeah. how am I or eating gravy? This? Or I gravy. Like, gravy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I asked for biscuits and gravy one time and I got a scone. Oh, with like, guys, and they really worked I, hard. But. i got to tell this story. So me and my sister, when I first moved to America, she comes over with me. She's here 10 days, helping me get settled into my first apartment. We go to a uh, brunch spot. And like brunch is a new concept, I think, sure. for a lot of yep. people. Normally yep. we just 
bypass that and go straight to lunch but we're brunching yeah. we're having a great time we're looking down the menu and it says biscuits and gravy and at this point we have not immersed ourselves in American culture we have no idea nothing about that made sense because the, the, in our mind to give you a reference that pretty much is like someone going there's two like graham crackers covered with like beef gravy or turkey <laughs> gravy and that didn't make sense I'm not here for no, it no absolutely not and then I've I did one day like try biscuits and gravy. Yeah. It's hearty. That, yeah, that's, a, that, that's a hearty that's meal. That's a guy that eats baked that, beans for breakfast. That is a great. That's okay. a great way to say it. But, though it is hearty. American beans are dense. Really? <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, totally Where different. Baked beans in the UK are lighter. Yes. Okay, like quite less, a lot lighter. Yes. Less sugary, less syrupy. Yes, Definitely more sure. like a savory thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the thing is, like, it has to be toast. It can't be bread because then it's going to be like dripping through, oh, yeah. soggy oh, no. mess. No, no, no I'm no. not here. I don't yeah. like that. No, no, no. But like proper toast, beans. That's full English, baby. Yeah. Except good the blood bacon. pudding. I can't get the blood pudding. I, I don't get. I don't dabble yeah. with that either. Yeah. Right. No right. mushrooms, We're, no tomatoes. You and I are going to go to Cracker yeah. Barrel and ask for a full English and see Cracker what happens. <laughs> I, I love it. It's one of my favorite places to go. You got, I love you it. got garden table patchu. I'm like, yeah, let's go Cracker Barrel. Yeah, let's go. Eggs over medium. Don't fry my bacon that's it all right we're gonna find it we're gonna next time my wife joins me i'm gonna call you up because we're on the north side too with my folks we're gonna find a good uh a, a pub that will serve us some breakfast i make pretty good sausage rolls done let's go yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll i'll come do over you, how do you feel like even just a little bit confused at like what's going on here? i feel like i, feel I just like came speaking from a language and no one else is i feel like i just came from england i'm in a, in a waffle house right now yeah, I don't, yeah. it's a smothered I'm covered hungry. in what that's all Ooh. i have right now jeez actually it's one of the first when i went to uh it was new in my American adventure we were in New Orleans and I went to a Waffle House oh boy. <laughs> that is the last Deep time end. I ever went yeah. into a Waffle House <laughs> and I think what made it worse I saw them prepping oh no <laughs> never look behind the curtain just throw up a screen no you know no, ignorance please, is bliss yeah. I oh. saw that thing go in the waffle maker I couldn't bring myself to eat it that is, should not be served by people no, but no, no. Is there an American fast food restaurant that you're really into? You're like, I know I so shouldn't, many. Be, shouldn't be. So, <laughs> so many. So you're like me, except you work out and you probably can resist temptation. So you just like Ish. drive by what? And you just go, I got to have uh, BK today. I got to have Burger King. That's not on my list. Actually, okay. What's your normally, list? Uh, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come maybe on. number yeah. one. Of course. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Pretty outside, I'm just, I'm like, just, I'm plus. It is me, like, kind of saying I'm not a BK guy. I do like Burger King. Sure. Yep. You know, I like McDonald's. Um, Have you had In-N-Out when you're in California? Love In-N-Out. Yeah, I like Five Guys. Yeah. You know, don't, yeah. I like all of them. You know, right. and people are like, what do you I like Shake Shack. See, now, now we're flowing. Big, <laughs> big, big pizza guy. <laughs> now um, we're flowing, You know, Basbo's, great yeah, pizza. Yeah, I was just going to say Napoli's, that. good pizza. Yeah. Greeks. Greeks. Good pizza. Monocles, I mean. Yeah. We had a Greeks pizza on the square in Lebanon, Indiana. It was like living mm, This you is got to go the there. best. Controversial. I like Arby's curly fries. Oh, all right. No. Okay, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And then, I've never been to Wendy's. What? I don't even know why. Like I've got no, problem. I've got no problem with Wendy. You're actually, gonna need a Wendy sponsorship here. I actually, think you got a great opportunity. I, I, I actually love their social media account. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it is. I just, I don't know why. I've never been there. I've never been to Culver's. Oh, oh man. Come and on. I hear that's, that's good too. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, do like great as ice cream though. That's pretty clutch. Oh yeah. And I just, you know, the only thing about McDonald's that annoys me. 
the milkshake slash ice cream maker oh, never works. It never works. And, and by the way, they're just lying. Sometimes I just want a cone. Just give me a cone. No. Nope. Little bit of a 99 whip. It's too Let's hard to go. clean. A 99 no. whip with yeah. the freaking yes. flake yes. in there. Give me, me the a flake. 99 flake. Someone I love it. get me a Cadbury flake. All right, Jack. I think we're going to have to start a podcast. <laughs> yeah, like I, yes. American and, and uh, Englishman and uh, People are going to listen to this back and be like, what were they like, even what on What are they taking? How many times a week do you eat fast food? Uh, truthfully, not many. Yeah, yeah, I got to yeah, say. Yeah. You like, don't, look at you him, don't right? get in a race car eating um, fast food. I like, uh, actually, just social cantina. That's kind of close to us. We like nice. that. Nice. Uh, b- big Chipotle guy. Yeah, sure. Like Wahlburgers. That's another one <laughs> yeah. they've mentioned. Um, <laughs> that's great. So we need to just edit I, I this of him like wistfully yeah, talking. Like, yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> Here's me saying I don't eat a lot, but there I am. Forty two right. minutes later, yeah, yeah, he's still he's still going. I've I've never dabbled on White Castle because no. someone said give it a wide berth. Jacob's mad. He's what? He, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. It's a, it's one of those two in the morning, and you've made some bad decisions, and you're like, well, let's just add one more oh, to the thing. Yeah, not like not to just keep having another one. Yeah, yeah. but my next one. At two, you talk about bad decisions at yeah, two yeah, a.m. Yeah. Skyline chili. Ah, oh, let's yeah. go. That oh, come that's on, a, chili mac. That's a good oh, decision. Oh, at, oh, that. That's a good decision oh. at three p.m. It doesn't feel I, as good the next morning, but uh, I, I will never forget smelling my breath <laughs> with booze infused Skyline <laughs> chili onions, and I was like. I think I'm gonna die. <laughs> like, I'm gonna like breathe in my own breath, and I'm just gonna keel over. Right Good night, now. everybody, and we're out. That's great. I love it, man. All right, Jack Harvey, the number thirty for Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan. Oh, yeah, racing. Yeah. Best yeah. of luck to you. Racing, Thanks so much. Yeah. Best interview of the day. <laughs> we are here with Callum Eilat, who is in the number seventy-seven for Hunko's Hollinger Racing. A uh, little bit of a struggle this month, but you're in the field solidly. That has to feel good. Yeah, a little bit is an understatement, but no, <laughs> it's, it's been tough. It's been tough. You know, that's, that's how it is sometimes. And unfortunately, we were the ones this year that, that had quite a big struggle and made a few changes to, to make it work, and we got in. Um, but yeah, excited to be racing. Uh, obviously, we've got a little bit more time with Carb Day coming up to fix, you know, any little issues we have. And um, yeah, should be a good race. Two hours to me doesn't seem like a lot of time to practice. Not enough. So Not after it? the two weeks I've had. <laughs> yeah. So I need way more. But for, for the I don't others. mean to offend you, but on, on the open test days, I was like, all right, uh, I don't think he's gone out yet. <laughs> no, that was kind of the way it was all the way up until qualifying. Um, yeah, that's, that's the way it was for us. Limited testing. We're very far behind some others, but... Again, that's that's life sometimes. Yeah. Now, you were coming up the ranks. You finished second in uh, Formula 2 in 2020 and did really well there with three wins and five pole positions. And then you switched over to IndyCar. What was your first experience in an oval, and was it anything like you expected? First experience was in Texas. and um, Why do they... Be- Lundgaard said that, too. Why do they keep putting you guys in Texas as the first oval? I think that's the way it works because of the schedule, to be honest. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a tough one, but also, as a super speedway, it's, I think, a quite a good one to get started in. Um, look, I don't know. Someone, someone else makes the rules on that side. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think my honest reaction coming in was i don't know who came up with this idea but they got some issues uh, i think when everything was under 100 miles an hour or whatever it was all, it was all good but now it's super fast i, I mean I, i've learned to appreciate how finely tuned everything is and 
how difficult the racing can be um and especially here at ims it's it's very very tough it's a very tough track very tough racing uh and even tough to get the car in the window so when people say it's a tough track to race what exactly does that mean for those of us who have never been in the car anything from setting up the car how you balance the car as a driver and 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 the driving style you need to to play around with it and then the next thing is even the racing um the racing can be very close and very competitive uh or it can be very very distant and to be able to make a move you have to be uh on the edge and very daring it it can be anything but here it's more about how finely tuned the cars need to be for the window for them to work in and then you know watching qualifying how on edge everyone is at 240 miles an hour how close you were described as particularly brave in qualifications Uh, what did other drivers mean by that i i almost crashed six out of the eight laps i did oh wow um (laughs) and i've got photographic evidence of how close i got to the wall and the every, every lap of the first first run and then two of the four laps on the second run and you know like the the story for me was we changed chassis um the previous day uh and i got two runs in the morning on saturday and then went straight into qualifying and you know the all the cars are so different it doesn't matter how you even if the baseline setup is is should work you need to fine-tune it with arrows and stuff, and the faster you go, the the ride heights and all of that changes, and that changes how the car behaves. So, yeah, I think some people were very impressed by what we managed to do, what I managed to do in the qualifying, and, yeah, I put on some of the craziest laps I've ever done on a Noble. Now, were you familiar with the Indy 500 when you were overseas? Did you come to the race before you were in it? This is, no. what, your second year? Yeah, second year. My first experience watching it was 2016 when Rossi won. Um, and I'd never... I'd heard of it, but I'd never watched it before that. Um, and then, you know, I, I kind of started to get an understanding of it. Obviously, when I was a little bit older, 2019, uh, 2019 I was racing in Monaco. Um, so... At the same time, we were racing. I yeah. was probably partying at the time. The, <laughs> uh, the Indy 500 was going on. But yeah, you, you got a feeling for how big this race was, but you don't understand it until you come here. Yeah, and what was that first experience like? Did, uh, you, did you kind of underestimate it and kind of go, oh, it's just another race, and then you experienced it and it was something different? Um, no, I never, I never underestimated it. I was just like, I want to see what it's like, mm. you know. Uh, and then when you get that cannon at six a.m. <laughs> waking you up, going, "Oh, what was that?" Uh, and then obviously the noise and everything that follows it, it just just creates a special day. Yeah. Now, if you were final question, if someone were going to play you in a movie about your life, yeah, who do you think would play you? Um. I mean, there's a, there's a good guy, Taron Egerton. I think that's his name. Um, he played in Kingsman. Uh, yeah, you, you know the yeah, one. She, yeah, Alzman knows all this stuff. Yeah, Nicholas Holt. I know. I would know the face, but I don't know. Ah, okay. Yeah. No, you you're talking to the wrong guy. I, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, I was thinking. Of, you know, the English style. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much, Callum Eilat. We really appreciate your time here on the Bob and Tom Show. Thank you for having me. All right. We are here with Christian Lungard. You are Ray Hall Lanigan Letterman, Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan racing driver. 
Um, unfortunately, starting back in the pack this year, can you talk about the experience of having to attend the last row party? Once again. Once. Uh, hold on. Why are we not? Once again. Am I on now? Now you're on. There you go. Once yeah, again, yeah, attending one, the last once row party? again. Uh, I actually qualified 31st last year and qualified 31st this year. Okay, that's not a good streak. Mm, well, at least I'm in it. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. Uh, yeah. that, that's at least the positive of it. Uh, but no, obviously, with Graham driving in the 24 car, uh, we've been moved up to 30th. Still have to attend the last row party. Yeah. Which sucks. Uh, but now we got all four of us, so, so Graham will, will join us for that one. Um, so that'll be fun, I think, tonight. Um, you, you really dominated in the GP here earlier in the month and then struggled at the Oval. What What is the difference in the cars that would maybe cause something like that? I mean, in terms of, of my performance, I don't really think that I struggled uh, this, the whole month. We, we just haven't been fast. Yeah, As a team, we just haven't had the performance and the, the pace that we, we, we need and we should have uh, with the resources that we have available. And we're, I'd kind of say, extremely disappointed in that yeah um of course but right now it's a learning curve and you know having stefano come in uh understanding the aerodynamics of the car and the vehicle dynamics um we've we just struggled with pace and it's it's been a tough learning curve for him as well to be honest because uh you know we, we've done a lot of error testing uh on and off track and and just to understand how the car which window the car needs to be in and i Looking at the GP and even Barber, if you look at the performance we had last year at Barber compared to this year, yeah. at least on my car, we were way more competitive this year. So I think the car is more pleasant to drive. It's nicer to drive. We just need to extract more pace out of it, yeah. quite honestly. And I think that has showed at the, the oval. Last year, I was not comfortable in the car at any part on any ovals we, we did. Um, Texas this year was a little interesting, but pretty at the speedway, I've... I blasted through all my my qualifying runs, and I think I did eleven in, in total with high boost. And the car was nice to drive. We just weren't able to go faster. We were trimming. We were going back on downfalls, and we're just doing the same pace. So, so you 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 obviously grew up in Europe. Your goal was probably F one, and you were a road racer, correct? Had you ever done an oval before coming to IndyCar? Never. I remember my first ever oval test was at texas right after saint pete last year <laughs> which if listeners aren't familiar texas is a crazy very difficult uh, wild ride so <laughs> actually i have a very good way of explaining this okay um so you will start with the european drivers that have raced at monza mm-hmm. well no end of straight at monza just turn hard left right that is turn one at the speedway okay but you'll still be going around 30 35 kilometers an hour faster right and then Texas has half the distance of the speedway, but it's as fast. Does it just feel like you're on so a loop-de-loop loop the, loop loop the whole time, like one of those carnival rides where you're just spinning in the spaceship? No, I mean, it, it's, it's, it is different compared, compared to that. Um, and it's, the speedway especially is a place that you just can't explain to people mm-hmm. that haven't done it. Um, and I, I mean, I want people to try the two seaters. Yeah. I, I mean, I even want to experience it. Really? Yeah. Like I've, I know I've asked a few people if I can try it, not to drive it, but sit in the back. What did they said? No. <laughs> so I'm a little <laughs> how, disappointed. How does that work? How did you get turned down for the two seater? I don't know. They probably may think I've, I've had enough track time. <laughs> um, but no, it's, you know, for, for me, because I've had the first ever time I ever drove an actual car. When I was still doing go karts, right. I had my dad in the passenger seat, and I scared the shit out of him. Right, 
Um, and he used to be a rally driver driving on on oh. side of cliffs and, and all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, you're crazy. Um, but it, it not being in control yeah. sucks. Like right. it is scary and it's, it's very difficult to um, kind of control yourself. Mm. And when you're in control, I mean, you're, you're holding on to the steering wheel. You're not moving as much. Like you're just right. in control. But as soon as you're the passenger, it's a different thing. So I want to experience it, especially around the oval. I know they do this, the, the two-seaters around here. So I'm, I, I don't really want to do it on a race day. I just want to try to experience it. Yeah. Like, what does it feel uh, feel like? And I've been turned down, apparently. That is bizarre to me. Yeah, you'd think that you'd, you'd be able to get a ride, but maybe they're saving Maybe costs. Maybe my question just haven't reached far enough. You know, like, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably have to ask some different people. So you have a mustache this year. Is that an honor of Bobby Ray Hall? What is the backstory of the, your mustache? Yeah, it's it's actually a deal I have with my best friend, and he's here this week. He got in on Tuesday, and uh, we play golf this morning, and he's having a good time. And he was actually asking me if he could follow me around for the whole media tour today. And I was like, no, that's not a good idea. <laughs> it's like, I can just stand in the back room. I'm like, no, no, you can go down Would there. Would he be making faces at you behind the camera or what? Yeah, it just wouldn't end, end very, very great. You know, it's, it's just, it was just going to be a long day with that. So, um, no, he's enjoying himself. He's actually never in his entire life seen me drive. Really? Never. So uh, why not start out with the Speedway for the Indy 500? Well, so, what was your first experience at the Indy 500? Was it as a driver or did you come here first before? Time, yeah, first time as a driver, which was last year. I'd experienced it on TV before, but never yeah. been here. Uh, How did you describe it to him? Well, I'm still trying to. So I, I guess that explains the, the answer. You, know, it's, it's, you just can't explain it. You have to experience it. And race day is just so different. Yeah. Like race day is is race day, um, and it and it's it's just an incredible atmosphere around the whole facility. Yeah, um, and you know, being on the on the Brickyard Golf Course this morning with with Graham's golf tournament mm-hmm. was amazing. There was a lot of people over there. We saw the suites out of Turn Two, which I'd actually never seen before. Mm. So it's great for me also to. I, I mean, I've seen them on track, but I've never seen the actual place before. Right. Um, I got to see some pictures from from inside from people that we were playing with that had a suite there, and it's it's just it just shows the passion for this place. Yeah, and I never grew up with that. You know, I grew up believing in Monaco, Formula mm-hmm. One, all these kind of things, and having watched the Indy Five Hundred before doing the Monaco Grand Prix, to now having experienced it, mm-hmm. I'm like, people should just forget monaco because monaco like nowadays it's just boring because it's a very tight race it is and also the f1 cars are only becoming bigger and heavier and clumsier to drive and you just can't overtake yeah so when you when you finally experience this you see the atmosphere you see the amount of people that are here cheering on and it's just one huge party really like everyone's just having a good time and i've had a good time i mean last year the car wasn't enjoyable to drive but you know, seeing all the fans walking onto gri- onto the grid, doing the driver intros. You know, seeing the amount of people. Rewatching my onboard, you can hear people on the stand. You, you can on, on the grandstand. You can hear people. Interesting. Some yeah. other drivers said that you couldn't hear that. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you can. It depends if you're on throttle, off throttle, um, and these kind of things. But it's it's incredible. Final question: If you were uh, there, were a movie to be made about your life, what actor oh. would play you? Who would even want to play me? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Maybe Jude Law. No, I would probably have to to choose a Danish uh, actor for this. Okay. Uh, Mass Mikkelsen. Okay. He's yeah. in. Um, he plays in one of the James Bond movies, uh, Casino Royale. Yes. Y- you know? Who, do you know who I'm? Not thinking? A, not a, so. Not a clue. So he's the bad guy. Uh, the bad guy that that's on the boat. I think he has a fake eye. Uh, he's a very good actor. Uh, nice guy as well. I met him a few times. Um, just. Yeah, probably him. Uh, I'll have to. I mean, I'm Dane. I'm a Dane, so I have to say Dane, really. Yeah, it's I guess so. like required, right? Yeah, it is. All right, Christian Lundgaard, driver of the number 45. Thanks so much for joining us. Of course, thank you. Thanks, and then we'll grab a quick photo, and then you'll be on your way. My name is Chris Spangle. We are here with Drew Powell, and we are talking to David Malukas, who is the driver of the number 18 Dale Coin Racing Car. Tell us about your month of May so far. Uh, it's been um, unexpected, exciting. Um, what well, kind of what we expected, but not really. Uh, we've we were expecting to come in to unload with a bit of a quicker car. You know, ex- looking at Dale Coin's history, the car we had last year. And unfortunately, this season, it's uh, it's been a bit of a struggle. You know, we unload and we're like, oh, we got work to do. And we, we managed to find somewhat of a race car. Qualifying came. Very tough day. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably the most stressful day in my racing career. You know, we uh, we were struggling to, you know, not get bumped. Yeah. Not struggling to try to make it out of the last chance. Um, but thankfully, you know, towards the end of the day, perseverance, a little bit of hope. Uh, <laughs> we, we managed to put everything together and actually qualified 23rd, which we were just jumping. We were like, if you see the, our team, we look like we won pole. <laughs> like we were so, we were more excited than the McLaren team actually getting pole. We were like, yeah, like <laughs> jumping through the roof. So. Small yeah, when you're sitting there watching those cars go out and you say it's stressful, like what, what could you, for those of us who've never been in that position, what would you liken that to, like that, that feeling of just watching other cars and you're just sitting there just waiting on your future? Yeah, I mean the way qualifying day works, you know, we have the we have the one run. So, you know, you come in with that run and we were right on the precipice of being in the last chance, which was from thirtieth onwards. Uh, and so we were always in that bubble zone is what they call it. And you always have to wait on the other people that are in last chance to go and do their laps. And because they are in last chance, they can go in lane one. And lane one obviously deletes your time, but since they're in last chance anyways, it doesn't matter. You might as well just delete it <laughs> and just keep going. So you're just kind of watching the board. And then as soon as they hit it, now you go in lane one and try to go again. And because you're trying to push the limit of the car so much, everything's on edge. So as a driver, you're out there and it's not an easy four laps. You are playing with the car at 240 miles an hour going sideways and it is the most stressful four laps you can possibly do and obviously from honda's side you're pushing the engine as much as you can so you have to be on top of engine maps on top of changes so there's a lot going on for those four laps and although it's only four laps it is probably the longest four laps i've ever done it it feels like (laughs) forever uh but yeah it's it's that's that's just so much going on and and that's kind of why it's it's very stressful you know, Drew, he has blue eyes, too. Hey, and this is going on Tom's you, theory. You look, so Tom, the host of the show, we've realized today, talking okay. to the drivers, that 80% of you guys, the three that you missed, all had blue eyes, too. <laughs> so what do you think there's some sort of working theory? Maybe there's a driving gene that's... Oh, maybe you have blue eyes. <laughs> it equals good drive. I mean, Jody, what color eyes do you have? Blue eyes? Green. Oh, no, okay. she can well, never. Not just... gonna be a driver. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So, it, it is, wow. It's one of those things where I thought Tom was being Tom, and like, okay, bro. 
But then everybody kept coming. Yeah. With the exception of like the Brazilians and you know the Mexican guys yeah. and the Japanese, like everybody else has blue eyes. So like now I'm like, wait a minute, we're gonna have to call Bill Nye the Science Guy. Oh, to figure it out. Bill Nye, this, that was my childhood. That is awesome. Right, no, that, I'm actually gonna use that if I ever see like a baby or something. I'll be like, oh, blue eyes, he's gonna be a racer. Ah uh, yes. Indeed. Grab that other mic for me. There's something wrong with your. Chicky the check. Microphone checkup. There we go. Yep. All right. I knew if you weren't popping through that other mic that it wasn't working. <laughs> you probably catch me on your mic with yeah, this voice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, I hope this isn't an offensive question, but were you homeschooled? I was, yes. Okay. How did that help your racing career? Because I would imagine with that freedom, you got to do all kinds of fun things while still being educated. Well. Of course. we. Uh, I did homeschooling when I went to Europe. So I was still in go-karting at the time, but I was doing a, many European series. So I actually lived in England at the time. Wow. So it was easier to count the days I was out than in school. <laughs> and so I was going to get like kicked out of the school anyways. Like, You're never here. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, it's time to go to, to homeschooling. I'm, you know, I, I need to be on the go all the time. And it helped a lot. You know, of course, it also helped with discipline, you know, with the, the homeschooling that I did. It was kind of just like, here's a whole semester. Do when you want. Yeah. It's your own consequences. Obviously, for me, I was like, sweet. <laughs> not going to do that. Let's go race. Do you um, know any math at all? <laughs> uh, I mean, well, now now I'm not in school anymore. So it's like now that's kind of faded away. If you would ask me a few years ago, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, Where did you live in England? I lived in uh, Leeds most of my time yeah, in sure. Grimsby, um, yeah. which I heard is, uh, doesn't have the greatest reputation. I thought it was very beautiful. Nice. Um, but Leeds and, of course, a little bit in London as That's well. That's great, yeah. Uh, but no, I had, a, I had a great time. I actually came back with a b- bit of an accent from England. That's great. My mom's it. like, what? What did you what just happened? say? Yeah. It's like when you watch Bluey too long. Yeah. My wife is English, and so it's funny. Early on, my son would start, like, he was so confused. Like, some things he would say like her and some things like me. It, it, yeah. it does get in you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fun, but, though, uh, man. No, it was really good. And homeschooling, yeah, it definitely helped me uh, disciplinary-wise to make sure I'm independent yeah. and not having a teacher tell me when things are due. Um, but then again, also getting educated on the go. So yeah, not, we interviewed so a, lo- there. a lot of other drivers and asked them if they went to the principal. And all of them said yes, and it was for missing school. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Right, right. All I, I had a one. It was me and every teacher that I had in my grade and the principal and the vice principal, and they put me in a room. And immediately, you know, for a kid, I was yeah, in middle school. Oh I, 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 I opened that door. I just busted out. I was crying. I was yeah, like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, no. And they're just like, yeah, That's you're great. never here and everything. I'm like, okay, <laughs> please. You know, for I just want to race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but no, I, and then, you know, we went to homeschooling and, and everything. It worked out for you. It I worked think. out. It's, it's amazing. And I love the homeschooling. Which number is this for you, Indy 500? This is my second. second it's only one. my second one. I'm 21. How, how does it feel the second? Like the first time, I got to imagine it's so overwhelming. You know, we were talking to Rossi who wanted his first time, and he's like, right. I still can't quite compute that. But is it now the second time? Does it feel a little bit more like, okay, I kind of understand what's going on? Leading up to the race, yeah. I mean, now I, ha- I, know, I kind of know how the schedule is, what to expect, how qualifying everything works. Uh, but I do think on race day, I'm still going to be absolutely mind blown. I think yeah. I talked to Newgarden last season, you know, when we were doing the driver intros, we walked down Gasoline Alley and all got on the stage. Steve Aoki just, so I talked to Newgarden. I'm like, does this feeling like ever get old? Like, does it, does it, do you get used to it? And he just told me, he's like, it ne- like never. The feeling that you get for this race, it's always special. Yeah. And whatever you're feeling right now, you're going to feel all the time. And I was like, well, 
I'm pooping my pants. So <laughs> I guess I'm going to feel it every single time. That is so, awesome. Yeah, I guess Sunday we'll wait and see, and I'm yep. most likely will probably be pooping my I'm pants. I'm going to have a little Febreze in my pocket if I yeah. see yep. it. We'll, we'll hit you up. It's all <laughs> yeah, good. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, That's always like a famous question. Have you ever pooped in the race car? I have not. I've not pooped. Uh, got very close to peeing. Okay. But the thing is, if you have to really pee, it's only when it's like a yo- long yellow flag. So obviously, when you're driving, you're racing... That is not in your mind. No, like no. You, you are okay. so just shut focused. On, yeah. Shut down. But as soon as you go yellow and you're like relaxing and now you're like, <laughs> and then you you hit a bump and it's like, like <laughs> you get close. But I still, I did one time. It was so bad. I was like, I can't, I got to do it. And I let go, but I couldn't let go. Like I couldn't, yeah, like, yeah, I yeah, couldn't no. do it. So I was like, okay, I, I will actually, it just sucks, but I can't let go. So I was like, it's going to sit there. Yeah, yeah, and then the race went green. And again, you forget about have it. Have you ever finished and you're, you're just like, I've got to do a million interviews, but I really have to go to the bathroom yeah no because I, I immediately just tell Jody I'm like just shoop, oh, I gotta yeah. go to the bathroom yeah. A- ASAP like right now <laughs> a good we PR go. person yes. with a million yep. dollars in racing oh yeah. amazing she yep. and she knows like she already has all the locations ready closest <laughs> bathroom we got this one if you, want, if you want to go another minute longer you could get a really nice bathroom over there <laughs> like she's she's got it all planned out for me that's great yeah it's amazing she's like the Yelp of bathrooms at, at uh, <laughs> race courses all over the world yeah it's just <laughs> incredible that's great um you know, is there something that you do that kind of drives your team crazy? Where they're just like, please hmm. stop doing this. Is, is it tweeting? <laughs> uh, I mean, no. I mean, the team doesn't really get a, get affected by by any social media stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything that they kind of like get. A, you get out of the car. So, and you always leave something, and they're there like, "There is." So, like, let's say for month of May, it's a perfect example because there's so much practicing. Um, we, there's a lot of downtime when the team's making changes, and I, I actually always wear my mouthpiece in, like the little mm. for the for the drinking of the water. Yeah, because I like to put. It's in a perfect position. If I take it out and put it back in, it's going to be all messed up. So I always just leave it in, and if I like scratch it, it makes this funny noise. <laughs> and on the radio, like on the intercom, it's like just. <laughs> so, so everybody's working on the car engineers are talking to each other like yeah so i think we should go on the spring and lift this up and i'm just over here just like <laughs> and I th- they found it funny at first but i do it all the time and now i'm pretty sure it's, it's driving them nuts and <laughs> and one of the times they actually told me they're like okay david can you can you stop can that you stop, stop. so then i i just said <laughs> like yes but in the noise so I, if anything That's it'd probably great. probably be that noise I love so that. you are a fairly prolific tweeter you're very connected on social media yes. and that that seems to be kind of a new thing with the younger generation of drivers sort of the generation maybe elio scott dixon's there's let's just stay off of this and let the pr people handle it why do you fi- feel that's a valuable tool and what do you get out of really engaging with the fans on social media I, I, I personally from my side I just love it I love communicating communicating with the fans uh, a lot of good memes I just find it funny and when you communicate with the memes you you kind of it's like getting a being a part of a different community and then mm-hmm. they you know I can leech off of them we can share memes and stuff and I'm active on everything discord reddit twitter <laughs> I'm in group chats you know of like fans <laughs> and then I, I join it and they're like oh it's David and Lucas no way and I'm just like what's up like and I, and I just message them and actually all the like drama and rumors everything i actually learned from them really like, they are so on it like they're everything so 
I go is it into, true or are they just sort of no it's like a lot of it is true like they're on it they're on top of things so for me it's great like I, my knowledge of, of IndyCar and, and behind the scenes just goes through the roof because of them you know they're like well I saw in this picture I zoomed in and then I saw in this document that <laughs> you know this guy's going here and I'm like whoa only, only that's insane the going on over yeah, here. yeah yeah you know it's like it's crazy do you ever go do. the next weekend and like take those rumors to other drivers to find out if it's oh true? yeah I go straight to them I'm like so uh-huh. <laughs> I have from a very reliable source <laughs> at uh indycar fan one two three yeah said. and they're like how do you know that and i'm just like oh so it's true uh but no it's great and i rick beers 32 told yeah, me that yeah, you're yeah. Yeah. rick beers <laughs> but i think it's really important to communicate and connect with the fans you know i mean they are the the ones that make you know all this racing everything's so special here and you know it's when they come to the track we can communicate hey i was part of this group chat you know we share this and it just gives really great connections and i'm just i feel like i'm making a, a bunch of friends and family it's just very cool and i love it uh so yeah i mean yeah, we're just gonna keep leave it, it at that. Keep it going. I'm gonna follow you now, bro. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> hit want, you up on the want, socials, bro. Yeah, if you want some Gen Z memes, let's then, go uh, from Gen X can, to Gen Z. We got this can, covered. You can find me. Now, yeah. I, as an actor, we've been asking this to all of the, uh, the the drivers so far today. Who plays you in a movie? If you get to choose, oh, Cillian Murphy. I oh, love good. him. He's what I like a good that actor. answer. Peaky Blinders, incredible. He's playing in the new Oppenheimer as well. Yeah. That's going to be really good. He was also in Inception, another just classic film. Yeah, he was a Christopher scarecrow. Nolan. I can't believe, I was always wanting Cillian to get like his, like a main role for a movie, like him to be the main actor. He's finally going to get in Oppenheimer with Christopher Nolan, my favorite director. Yep. I love m- films, I love movies, and I love him, and it's going to be so That's good. great. Could you also do that for me? Because clearly it worked for him. I'd really appreciate if you could get me a lead in a Chris Nolan film. He's top of my list. So if you could work on that, that'd okay, be great. Yeah, yeah. Just tweet him. Well, these kids, fine. he'll be in, hack it into his Twitter account. And get <laughs> yeah, all, you know, he'll get it figured out. Yeah. yeah, we'll figure it out. All right, Lil it. Dave Malukas, the number 18. You're uh, doing great this month, and we're very excited for you. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, guys. Go get him. Thank you. My name is Chris Spangle here with Drew Powell for the Bob and Tom Show. We are t- talking to Takuma Sato, who is car number 11, starting in the middle of row three. He is from Tokyo, Japan. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Uh, tell us about your month so far. Well, it's been, uh, it's been an amazing journey, to be honest. Um, as everybody else, too, that uh, so excited, of course, in the month of the May. Um, but not only for that, you know, this is, uh, for me, it's a limited program this year. It's been a, uh, it's been a season now for the last 13 season, but this year I'm representing on, for the Chip Ganassi Racing on number 11 car for the Oval, which means this is my only second race, you know, for now. But, um, talking about the environment, you know, Chip Ganassi Racing is obviously, um, been leading a team for sure. entire years and uh, particularly for the recent years in 500, it's very, very strong. So, uh, it's, a, it's been a really good practice so far every day and uh, qualifying was for me it was a little bit bittersweet you know wanted yeah. to be a little yeah, bit higher yeah, but yeah. you know Alex uh, my teammate showed the uh, number 10 car was on pole so uh, yeah. we have a speed and uh, we have a very strong package and the environment is just fantastic now you're a two-time winner of the Indianapolis 500 when you go back to Japan what is the reaction in Japan and your reputation in your home country well, they love it. <laughs> <laughs> but they I do. Mean, uh, you know, specifically for the motor racing, of course. You know, the fans, whoever knows about uh, the, the car racing, you know, they obviously knows it. And uh, for the uh, fi- you know housewives and the, all the things, if you go to the 100% Japan, maybe there is a certain 
area that you know nothing know about motor racing. But still, when we achieved the, such a winning in 2017 yeah. and 20, um, the news is all over the place for the oh, evening yeah. show and the morning show yeah, yeah. in the entire country. <laughs> so uh, it was uh, it was a magnificent. Are you able to walk down the street? Do they mob you? No. You yeah, <laughs> you, I you can, can walk admit it. Anywhere, you know, no problem. <laughs> is there a difference in winning your first and your second in terms of your personal reaction to it? I think it's a yes and no. I think it's about swings. You just just can't compare it. You know, obviously the winning is a superb. You know, the, the memories and uh, nothing like it. But of course, you know, you could say the first one was has got just a significant impact because it's just yeah. the first win for the five hundred. It's just yeah. unbelievable. You know, we made history too that, and particularly for the three hundred fifty thousand people, which is <laughs> bathing around the magnitude and the impact of the energy that, that this venue had was just nothing like it. Yeah. Now, of course, twenty twenty was. A difficult year yeah. for everyone yeah. else. Yeah. There we were no were, fans at that race, right? When exactly. So we we didn't have any spectator. So it was a zero. So if you look at the uh, the whole, whole 360, it was just a grey grandstand. Whoa. But knowing that millions of people were cheering through the TV safely at the right. backyard of your house, yeah. so um, I think it, it was a tough to say. You know, when we won. Obviously, the whole team, it was just a, such a special feeling, but we didn't get the buzz from the year 350,000. Yeah, But again, you know, we were so grateful we were able to do the race. You know, we had right. to thank yeah. the Roger Penske's and all the IndyCar things and all sponsors yep. to, to, to understand and made it happen. That was so special. Yeah. True. Well, I, I've got two questions. One, uh, what is it like, as you mentioned this before, what is it, how, do you, how have you tried to mentally prepare yourself for, for just the ovals? You know, is, it, is, it, uh, is it hard to kind of gear up? Do you have to do anything different this being your first year? It's, uh, it's not an easy, for sure. Mm. Um, but now, by now, I have got uh, enough experience to sure. how to handle it, too, that um, you don't get the rhythm you get. Don't get yeah. the momentum from right. the, the previous races and stuff like that. Also, you know, especially I moved the team, new team. Yep. So the uh, every member of the staff and the engineers is just kind of unknown, right? right. So you have to build a great relationship, which we are right. today. However, yeah. it's it's still I'm still catching up yeah, to my sure. teammates and stuff like that. It's but it's a challenge, but, great challenge. But are you more physically fresh because you haven't had the grind of the season, or uh, again, is that not a problem? Again, yes and no. If you have got injuries, I think a time off is a great time because if you continuously every two weeks, every yep. week to jump in a car, which is really difficult to to heal the injury. Right. But other than that, physical training it's harder because yeah. it, the best training is oh, actually in the car. Right. Because we pull the every single corner of the. Indianapolis Motor Speedways by 4.5G every single <sighs> corner. 200 laps. Yeah, that's crazy. I, <laughs> I did it at Pocono with Mario in the seat. Did, and uh, right. yeah, we only made it to 180, but I felt like I was going to fly out of the car yeah, on exactly. every turn. It's, it's intense. It's, it's isometric, you yeah. know. So, yeah. so obviously, it's not like a bigger the football player to, to running dashing the field yeah. and you can clearly see you the energy yeah. where we are sitting in the car how could you burn the energy yeah. we are yeah. we, we, we're yeah. burning about the five pounds of the body weight you know for yeah. the one single race so you have to train really hard and mentally physically prepare for it yeah. yes we do have a, I have a time for it so I think I'm ready for 100% yeah good Takuma, for you Takuma Sato what's your favorite childhood memory well, childhood memory, I think it's a show is still something to do with the racing because I love the cars and mud racing, things like this. Since when I was uh, recognized the things, and let's say two and a half years old. But um, I never had a chance because my parents had no idea for the racing. <laughs> yeah. So I remember back in really 1987, you know, it's a really long time ago. Yeah. But I was a 10 years old boy. And um, we went to the Suzuka. 
in Japan, yep. which was a Japanese Grand Prix in a Formula One right. race, sure. the first ever the uh, in a current configuration, yep. and that was just a unbelievable day for me. Just unforgettable. I still remember the feeling when sounds and the smells and just uh, to sure. be there for the all the five cents. I still clearly remember that. Yeah, that's great. If I, as an actor, I always got to ask this. I'm asking this question to everybody: Who plays you in a movie? Wow, the movies. Yeah. Well, um, I like um, I like Denzel Washington. Yeah, I think I like, that's a good choice. Yes. Yeah, he, I can he, see the similarities. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, I'd be willing to. I'd be willing to. I'm just if if it's if it's off <laughs> if it's an option. I'm just saying. All right, Takuma Sato, driver of the Deloitte number eleven. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Good luck. Go get him. This is Chris Spangle here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway with Drew Powell, and we are talking to R.C. Enerson, who is the uh, driver for a brand new team. Your team is like what? Less than two weeks like, old, really? Yeah, like a week old. A week old? <laughs> Our first day on track was uh, Wednesday. That's great. <laughs> yeah, and you're one of the cool stories of the month because everybody thought, oh, well, they're certainly going to be on the bubble. They'll so kind of be yeah, in the back we were, row. We were the first pick for sure. Right, but you are in 28th position in the second to last row. Uh, you know, how did you and the team get up to speed? Because you're a rookie too, so it's not like they have a veteran driver. How did you guys achieve that result? Yeah, I mean, I'm still not quite certain how I still hold my rookie status. <laughs> I, mean, I, did, I did my first three races in 2016, um, and then it's just kind of been in and out. I've done, right. I did some stuff with Carlin, yep. um, and then finally got that opportunity in 2021 with Top Gun. But I mean, there was just no prep behind the car. We got the thing in boxes 38 days before oh, our first practice goodness. from Delara. Goodness. And Roy Wilkerson, that man built that car that fast. Wow. And showed up, and we could only get to 227. That was, that was, that was all I had. I was flat every yeah. single lap of every single session yeah. I was here. That's all you can do. And it just didn't have any more speed. Yep. Um, but this one, I mean, we've had, we finally got this in the works, I think it was in January. Uh, it was shortly after PRI when we kind of brought it up to John Bruner, uh, the team manager. And uh, we've had a long-standing relationship with him, and he was like, oh, See, we thought he was going to say no right away. <laughs> you, you were asking him what? Uh, if he was interested in trying to run a 500 program okay. with Able Motorsports. Gotcha. Nice. And uh, he was like, well, you've got to talk to Bill, see if that's something that's in the cards. And is and, this your engineer? or, or? Uh, This is the team manager for Able Motorsports. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, John Bruner. He's, uh, because you're, you're talking about your Indy Next team, and then you wanted to run an Indy 500 program. Yeah. So, I mean, we've only known Bill and Jacob Abel through... John Bruner through Abel Motorsports. Gotcha. So that was just kind of we, we we have our cars and we were like, hey, well, we, can we make this an opportunity to run under nice. Abel Motorsports banner? And he was because John Bruner, he's done the third Foyt car many many times. I mean, he's been a team manager and to, since I think believe the eighties or nineties. Mm, wow. I mean, he was with the players team. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so, cart, cart days. Yeah, yeah. Cart, cart days. days. So wow. he's been around. I mean, everybody in the paddock knows him. But it was it was a an effort to get the deal put together, and then they started prepping the car right in January, February. Amazing. And I, I remember going in the shop. I think it was in April, and I spun the front wheel, but it was before the wheel was on it. It was just the this the rotor, and that thing just didn't stop. Oh, my oh no! God. I was like, oh, this is gonna be good. <laughs> uh, like, this is gonna be real good. I mean, they pulled the gearbox off the thing too, and the gears were just burnt oh, because my gosh. you had to lower the. We were just trying to get any speed we could the two years prior. So, yeah. so everything had been that car had been prepped for. So anywhere you did, it's like that's pretty much a victory already. Like the yeah. fact that you could run and make the you know 
Graham Rahal didn't make it. You know, like uh, you, yeah, you know? I think we kind of had an idea who would be in Bump Day. I think a lot of people did coming into the into the month. Yep. And we, after watching Texas and just kind of how they've been, we kind of already knew the RLL cars might struggle. Yeah. But I wasn't expecting that from our car until I did ROP and I crossed the line on like my first lap. And yeah. I hadn't even hit full throttle yet, and it was 2.11. So I had to slow down more wow. for phase one. Wow. I'm like, I did the entire first phase, like 50% throttle, because wow. this thing is just so quick. And then we That's get to great. phase three, and I'm able to go flat all the way around. And we're running like 217s, 218s with race downforce on. I was like, we've got a strong car. Right. <laughs> That's got to feel good, So that right? made qualifying kind of go poof out of my head. I think we can. I think we got that pretty solid. Yeah. Um, the real pain in the butt is going to be racing or <laughs> driving in traffic. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's one of my questions. When you really don't have your single car team, there's not, you know, you're not Alex Pelot with Scott Dixon sitting next to you going, this is what you should think about. Are there other drivers or maybe past drivers that you've reached out to to try and get an advice on what you ought to do on race day? Yeah, I mean, uh, Spencer Pickett, he's my spotter in turn one. Okay. So he's done this race many times. Nice. So, I mean, even going into tomorrow morning, I'm going to be getting with him and going through all the video from Monday, which was my first day running in traffic, which I think we got a good car. It's just I need to figure out the whole – there's just a certain skill and a certain yeah. mentality you got to go about it. And they even told me, he's like, just get it out of your head that the car is ever going to feel good <laughs> <laughs> because it's just not. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, and when we start this race – you're going to get like three laps where you might be able to do something. And then you're just going to sit in a train and hope you don't burn your tires off <laughs> and save fuel. That's so good. he's like, you're to just going to have to hope lady luck and strategy kind of yeah. help follow your way. And I was like, well, that's not that bad of a mentality to go into the race. It makes yeah. it, I, I guess, less stressful on the driver when you know Absolutely. that everybody else is struggling just as hard right. as you are. Yeah. Nobody has a quote unquote good car. Everybody's yeah. just got their own problems. Everybody's just with. slightly better than the other. Like, yeah. It's just, it, unless you're in the top two cars, those top two, three, if you only have one or two cars in front of you, the dirty air doesn't feel bad at all. It's the second you get four plus. And the second, mm. starting to where I'm at, I have 27 cars in front of you. It's yep. going to be a nightmare for the first, like, first set of tires or two. But, I mean, we're excited. This group that he put together, they're, they're all veterans of the, of the 500. Every crew member, yeah. engineer. That's helpful. Engineering staff is stout. Yeah. I mean, they put together, we went into qualifying so confident and just kind of put it together. That's great. Well, I'm the, uh, the actor of the group, so we've been asking everybody, uh, you know, who plays you in the movie, if you had to choose? Mm. That's a hard one. I'm, I'm really not sure. Well, all right. Well, there's just too much hmm. to pick from. I know right? there's a lot. I mean, I'm, let's see. Let's see. He's a handsome man. Yeah, yeah. He he could be like. Don't take offense, but he looks a little bit like a younger you. Yeah, like okay. if you high that. high school age. So I'm going to play you when you win Indy at 40. Yes, that's going to okay. be me. But we'll pick the younger version of you. You're like, racing for Jay Penske. Taylor Lott. Taylor Lott. Right. Yeah, yeah, I've heard right. that that's one good. before. I've oh, heard um, there's a, there's an Xfinity driver uh, Curry. Mm. And somebody came and ran up to me from, from the Chevy team, and they came like, "Have has anybody told you you look exactly like him?" I was like, "I don't even know what he looks like." And they showed me a picture. I was like, "Oh man, oh, that is long like, lost that's, brother." That's not bad. I've gotten that's a few good. different ones, like at the racing schools and stuff yeah, like that. Sure, They'll be sure. like, "You look just like this person." I've gotten a few of them. Yeah, so. man. All right. Well, good. Well, I'm I'm putting my hand in. For, I know, for I'll let you the, guys the take forty year old. Yeah, please. Winner. So, so tell us about your career path here, like coming up to IndyCar. What are some highlights that you had, and how did you know you wanted to be a race car driver? 
Uh, I mean, I guess it all started with with kind of my dad at first. He he grew up. He graduated out of high school out of the South Side here. Oh, nice! And he's been coming to the five hundred with his with his parents, my grandparents, since uh, I believe the seventies or the, maybe even late sixties. Uh, so it's always kind of been in the blood, like being a race fan. And I mean, my first five hundred was when I was three. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I believe that was like that what was Scott two thousand twelve, Canon and Elio's first five hundred <laughs> oh type thing. That I knew was... it would be insultingly recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I know. So it was. Um, I mean, we still have pictures from it that we keep putting up and yes. stuff like that. I mean, it's think crazy. About that. that is wild. And uh, and you're racing with we, all those. And dudes. my parents moved to Florida before I was ever born. And when I was, uh, I think two, two or three years old, four years old, uh, I was really into those Hot Wheels cars boxes and cases like all those cases and cases and it was like my mom had drove past like a dirt oval go-kart track and they're like he likes racing so much why don't you get him a (laughs) go-kart and uh and see if he likes it and uh there's a little dirt track over here my dad was like nope i grew up in indianapolis if he's racing he's racing on asphalt yeah (laughs) and got me a go-kart from comet kart sales which is um, out of newcastle i believe here yeah is there's their deal and he put it together in the garage, started out four years old. You can't race until you're five. So at four years old, I'm just going up and down the street where they'd stand on each side. <laughs> just a little menace on the street. And, yeah, to be quite honest, I karting all the way up until I was about 10 or 11 was more or less a hobby. Even though we were karting at the national level, it was more or less a hobby that me and my dad would go do on every weekend. Nice. And got better and better at it, but it was never really the greatest carter. And then I got into a, a racing school. And got into a car when I was 12. Mm. And that's kind of where the light bulb switched in my head. I think just things in a car made more sense to me rather than a cart. Because they are fundamentally just so different on driving style. And it just things clicked in my head and went into USF 2000 at 15 years old, 2012. Did three years of it. Uh, almost won the championship the last year. Finished second, and that was when we were running our own team for it. Hmm. So we were trying to compete with Cape Motorsports, who was like the gods of the Van Diemen F2000 era. They won, like I think, eight out of the last ten championships with that car. Amazing. And we, we gave them a run for their money, and th- that was when the new Lights car was coming out. And that was when there was still the old Star Mazda car, mm. which it was only like six-tenths quicker than the US F2000 car. Jeez. So it was like, why would we go jump up? to six tenths quicker when there's a new lights car coming out it kind of resets it for everybody yeah and everybody's got to learn a new car so why not make it there and we skipped that and went into lights did really well um ran the freedom here our team finished one two three four and one wow. one mid-ohio did a, a number of podiums we really podium mostly on the ovals yeah. but uh had a really strong year and then came back again for the next year and just engine issues all kinds of mechanicals found ourselves out of the championship and got approached by dale coin to do three races and was like okay let's go do that yeah good yeah. choice and so my first races were in 2016 i was 19 so it was Jeez. i was at the time i was the youngest since marco right right and then That's now something. it's just all 19 yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like <laughs> started a trend bro yeah it, it kicked yeah. down the door for sure yeah. but i mean we were really strong in those races and tried to get a full-time 2017 ride and just didn't happen and it's just been an in and out yeah. and kind of driving everything i've done some nascar stuff sure. i've done the, some imsa stuff and then indy cars so it's kind of been through everything yeah all right look for car number 50 rc enerson on race day best of luck to you thanks a lot thank Go you get him, buddy
are here with Augustine Canapino, who drives the number 78 Hunko's Hollinger racing car. You know, I would have totally missed your story had it not been for the Drive to Indy CW series. And I was really impressed with, uh, you know, you're this accomplished race car driver, but you've never sat in an Indy car, and then you've come out this season and had a great season and, and a pretty good run here at Indy. I mean, what... What was the adjustment from the car that you'd driven previously to the Indy car? Like, how big of a, a, a jump was that for you? Oh, it's a huge, huge difference because I always uh, drove a touring car in my country. In right. Which can you explain what a touring car is to the listeners? It's like uh, it's like a stock car, like NASCAR, mm-hmm. but in Argentina. So, right. It's of course a little bit different. I never uh, uh, drive in an oval first time. In Texas, this is my second race in an oval. And of course, my first time in an open wheel car. And IndyCar is the most demanding car in the world Okay. for the driver, for Why? the physical condition. So imagine you, the change for me. So it's a lot. And I have to learn English too. I am learning English too. I never speak English in my life before. So Well, you're doing great. <laughs> Better than if I spoke Spanish. And I've had four years of it. <laughs> Everything is totally different for me. I am enjoying a lot, of course, the process, but it's not easy. I have to work every day very hard to improve my physical condition, to learn about the car, the team, the series, and the the language, too. So let's talk about the physical aspect. You are having to work out harder. Like, What is the physical demand in the car that is forcing you into that, that process? It's the most demanding car in the world, So, and I don't say that, so they... This say the Formula One drivers come to the most important and most faster category in the world. And when they come to here to drive an IndyCar car, they say, wow, this is tough. I yeah. imagine you for me coming for a touring car. It's totally different, totally, totally different. And I'm, I'm still uh, improving. I, I still suffering a lot, that condition, but I am much better now than the beginning. And anyway, I am in the process. Now, you're from Argentina, and you were apparently, uh, I mean, you won the um, the Olympia de Oro, I forgive me if I said nice that okay. like an ugly American, uh, in 2018 is the Argentine Sportsman of the Year, um, and only one other driver has won that. You're very accomplished in Argentina. Your sponsor is actually, is it the country of Argentina on, on your car? Yes, now we have the livery of the national soccer team, the World Cup champions. Mm-hmm. We are doing that for for them, and we are really proud because they are the world champions on the mm-hmm. soccer World Cup. Um, it's the first Argentinian driver. Me, is, I am the first Argentinian driver since I think eighty three years mm. to do the eighty five country. Okay. Only one Argentinian in the history could finish yeah. the race. So imagine you, what is the situation in my country? Because eighty uh, five country is the most important race in the world. Yeah, tell us about the Junco's Hollinger Racing Team. Your your owner is Argentinian, correct? Yes. And uh, left Argentina and started the race. Uh, the racing team started in Indy Lights, now Indy Next. Yes. Um, tell us about the Junco's Hollinger Racing Team. Uh, it's a really big history from Ricardo. Ricardo comes on uh, 2001 to here to America and, and did uh, a really incredible job. To have now a really good team. Of course, it's the newest team. It's the more. It's a small team too, but we are here 
uh, doing battle to the best team, the top teams. It's incredible history. It's a long history, but it's amazing. He's a big example to to how you can do everything in your life. And the legacy of the team is the power of possibility. Mm-hmm. And this, I think this is a perfect example from Regal. All right. If you were to have a movie made about your life, who would star you? Who would play you in the movie? Sorry, sorry. What celebrity would be you in a movie? In a movie? Yeah, like what? movie star. Who would you want to play you? Ah, uh, no, yeah, no. <laughs> it's a difficult question. I never, okay. th- I never think about that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Augustine Canapino, thank you so much for joining us here on the Bob and Tom Show. Thank you very much.